Warning, the following podcast has been classified as insanely lucrative. Listener discretion is advised. Over $8,000, almost $9,000 in sales. No reduction in pricing whatsoever. Almost no advertising spend whatsoever. And uh, increased sales by almost double by, uh, by just optimizing. Your attention, please. please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue streams and unfair, unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates. Hello and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates and I will be your host. And this is the show where we discuss how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show, AMPM podcast. As a matter of fact, I was just at the Orange County Fair, and while I was there, I was stuffing my face with things I would never eat, like deep-fried Twinkies and a Krispy Kreme triple cheeseburger. Yes, folks, the buns were made out of Krispy Kreme donuts. (laughs) While I was doing that, while I was probably killing my arteries, I was making money. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Today is going to be a catch-up episode, and I am joined, as always, by my good, trusting friend, my business partner, the awesome dude known as Guillermo Puyol. Guy, how are you doing today? I'm well-rested, Manny. <laughs> and why are you well-rested, Guy? Let everybody know. <laughs> well, actually, I had the genius idea of taking the family on a road trip, but it was uh 4th of july weekend and i didn't anticipate the traffic so basically i drove from houston to orlando well actually to naples florida in 36 hours with three kids (laughs) oh my gosh so uh, how long should it normally take i mean that trip even counting for stops shouldn't be more than maybe 20 hours 18 hours 20 hours with, with stops Wow. Okay. So that's a lot of driving. So once you got there though, um, you had a pretty long, tr- almost two weeks where you were off, right? Was it 10 days? Yeah, it was, it was right around uh, 10 days. We got to visit family. My kids got to do the whole Latin uh, family reunion with all the cousins and all the, all the uncles and aunts. Nice. Got to take them to Disney World. So it was cool. 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 So while you were relaxing, I was taking on the burden of all the extra Guillermo workloads. So I was not on a vacation, but unfortunately, um, as many of you probably noticed, um, there were no podcasts um, over the past two weeks or so. And again, that's because uh, Guy was gone and uh, that increased the workload on my end to the point where I just didn't have the the time to actually create uh, content and get it up. So uh, Guy is back. We're going to be back to normal. But, you know, during these last 10 to 14 days, there was a good amount of things that got finished up and we're going to be talking about those things, aren't we, Guy? Yeah, I appreciate you taking, picking up my Slack and, and taking one for the team. I really appreciate it. My family appreciates it. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of stuff that happened. Where do you want to start? All right. So let's talk about 
Well, quickly, I'll talk about Prime Day because uh, by the time you're listening to this, Prime Day, Amazon Prime Day will have been uh, well over for a few days now. And um, I was selected or I was invited, I guess you could say, uh, for Prime Day, but my products ended up not getting selected. So I didn't participate in Prime Day. But I wanted to kind of briefly talk about the results, you know, what what I actually saw, even though I wasn't selected, and just kind of share that data. You think people, I mean, should we talk about that, Guy? Yeah, I okay. think it would be interesting. All right, cool. So overall, the Prime Day, which was July 12th, was my best sales day of the month for sure. Uh, almost, I have to look, but probably almost of the year, it was pretty high. It was approaching $9,000 in sales. And there's, uh, it's interesting because while most people were actually going out and everybody's been told, you know, on Prime Day, increase your advertising spend, you know, boost everything up. I did the opposite, actually. I had, I was spending at one point um, almost $800 per day on advertising leading up to Prime Day. And a few days before, I decided to essentially cut almost all of my advertising. I dropped it down to below $150 spend per day. So from 800 to 150, and that carried through Prime Day. So I had almost no advertising going in general. But even with that, my sales went from, what was it, just over 4,000 a day to uh, in the high 8,000s. So I was pretty impressed considering I reduced my advertising spend and I didn't reduce my product cost, which I thought was very interesting. A lot of people were also reducing their costs to try to compete with all the special deals that were going out there. So I didn't do anything to my listings other than optimize everything for keywords. So that was pretty important. And that's going to lead into um, another topic that we should probably talk about, which is some Helium 10 tools. But yeah, that's that's it, man. Over $8,000, almost $9,000 in sales, no reduction in pricing whatsoever, almost no advertising spend whatsoever. And uh, increased sales by almost double by uh, by just optimizing. Yeah, something that I thought was really interesting, and I'm sure some of our listeners would like to hear about, is what happened after you lowered the PPC investment before Prime Day. Our sales dropped, but profitability increased significantly. So you're making more money for uh, less sales, basically. Right. Yeah. And that's real important. That, and so let me go back a little bit. That's a good point, Guy. The reason I did this and in, in, in terms of lowering my pay-per-click costs or you know my, my overall spend is because my ACOS, right? The, the cost of advertising on the sponsored ads on Amazon was kind of getting out of control. It was creeping up, right? It used to be 400, 500 a day, and then it got to six, seven. And then there was one day where it was almost 900. And I was looking at the ACOS day cost and I was just like, man, it's, it's really starting to climb to the point where I'm not feeling comfortable with it. And I'm, I'm using a hello profit to, to look at, you know, the overall final net margins and they're just not where I wanted them to be. And, and by the way, guys, hello profits a really cool tool. If, uh, if you're not using that, you should be, I, I think um, there's other things and other ways you can actually uh, check out your profits. And we'll get into that in a different podcast, but for me, it's awesome. And I think Guy, do, do we link that one in the tools section? Is that there already? Yeah, it's on the tool section and you can actually get to it if you go to ampmpodcast.com forward slash hello profit. Uh, you'll get a real good deal actually on the tool. So we negotiate a special and it's there for you for you to take advantage of. Cool. Yeah. So if you get it through that, uh, through our tools page, you'll get a better deal than if you go direct. But anyways, that's not the purpose of this this particular podcast. I use that. I was looking at the data. I'm like, man, you know, the, the, my profit levels levels are pretty low. 
So let's see what happens if I actually reduce my spend, right? So I went in and I looked at my biggest campaigns, the ones that I was spending the most on, and I just paused them completely. And I know there's rules supposedly against pausing campaigns. You, you know, there's some people have said that you can lose positions and there's data to, to back it up and so forth, but I wanted to do it anyways. But it was kind of like a, uh, I had, I guess, a, a moment where after I did it, it was coming up to Prime Day and people were asking, were asking me, well, why did you pause everything right before Prime Day? And honest, the honest answer is I just forgot. I forgot that Prime Day was coming up and I just want to do this test and see if my sales would be affected negatively by pausing the campaigns because I've been doing this now. I've been advertising very, very heavily on specific products for almost this entire year. So I wanted to see what would happen. And as Guy mentioned earlier, the sales dropped a little bit, not very much, but the actual profitability went up substantially. You know, by I'm going to look at the data later. I have to really go through everything. But if I remember correctly, it's right around three times, actually between two and three times the profitability over what I was making. So instead of, let's say, for every dollar that I was making in a day, I'm now making two at least. Um, so the the net effect was a positive one. So I'm going to actually do a podcast, Guy, on this where I go into a detail and talk about those things. I just kind of wanted to touch on it during this episode. Yeah, I think I think that, that would be cool to hear all, all your insights. But there was <laughs> something else that, in all honesty, made my my driving even longer. There was I was waiting on an email from you with some good news. So you want to you want to share a little bit about what happened leading up to my trip. The good news? Are, are you being sarcastic? <laughs> no, no. I, I was hoping you would send good news because of the tragedy that we went through. Yeah. Okay. okay. So <laughs> I, I think I know what you're talking about. There's actually multiple things we're going to be talking about, but you're talking about the block listing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let me get into that. So here's the fun thing that happened. This happened, what exactly uh, was it the first day that you were actually driving? I think is when it happened. The day right before I left. Oh, okay. You know what? I kind of have like a, uh, I've lost some of my memory from that day. I was so stressed out. It was just like freaking me out. But what ended up happening was that Amazon suddenly out of the blue took my best product listing and it blocked it. Okay. It just was not available to anybody. And I, I didn't know why. And I got a notification saying that they had removed it. And it was for the, the email was very very cryptic. And it just basically said it was a safety concern, but it didn't say why. So suddenly, you know, my sales plummeted. Obviously my, uh, my advertising campaigns at the time were paused automatically, but yeah, I, I had no, uh, man, my, my sales just took a beating because this was the product line, the brand that I have been focusing on, you know, like 90% of my efforts go into this particular brand. Cause this is the brand that I talk about, uh, on a regular basis where I'm trying to build build it up so that I can position it very well for a sale sometime next year. So although I didn't have all my eggs in one basket with all my products, you know, I, I do have 13 total products. This was by far the biggest in terms of you know, revenue generation. So it was gone and I was freaking out. The weekend was going to be starting and I didn't know what, uh, what to do. And I contacted them and they basically said there was a safety issue and they wouldn't say what it was. And I was looking at my reviews and suddenly I noticed there was one particular review and I had a one star uh, review. That's how I even caught it. But it was from uh, like a week earlier, eight days actually. And the review was one star, but in it, it was only like three or four words. And imagine somebody saying like, you know, I got electrocuted or uh, it started a fire or something very short like that, right? You know, I, I got poisoned. 
it was something really simple, really short like that, that flagged the entire account. Uh, and it wasn't immediate because like I said, this was posted like over a week earlier. And I guess the filters caught it, something happened. And then Amazon went in and uh, blocked the whole thing until I could figure out, you know, why this person had this issue. And, and they didn't even want to say it was from a review. I found this out later. So yeah, it um, normally when this happens, people's like uh, the account, either the entire account gets pulled um, until everything's resolved. But luckily for me, it was just this one product. And sometimes it can take weeks to get it back up. But long story short, it took, uh, took two days and finally I was back up and running. But man, it was a, a nightmare. He was going and I was just, uh, you know, he was driving and I was telling him about it and he couldn't believe it was happening right during though, you know, everything was starting to get hectic and crazy because Guy's gone. So I'm trying to handle, you know, a lot of the tasks that normally he would handle. And uh, then this hits and it eats up my entire day, actually almost two days because I'm going back and forth. And it was brutal too, Guy, because when you're dealing with Amazon, you know how it is. 90% of it is automated, right? So you send in a, a response and then it seems like it goes through some kind of a automated system where if it doesn't have the appropriate keywords or whatever, it spits back a, a form letter. And then no matter what you do, at some point it goes to somebody. But I kept submitting what they wanted. And I swear three times, uh, three times in a row over the course of about a day and a half, they would send back a form email or a letter. Exact same form. The exact same one that would say, thank you for uh, responding, but we need you to submit um, an action plan with these two things. You know, one, uh, the, the first point was, I'm trying to remember now. The first point was to uh, identify why the issue happened. And the second point was how I would resolve the issue. Now, of course, they never told me what the issue was. They just said it was a safety concern. So they leave it to you to, to pretty much guess, or at least they did to me. So, and I had sent them saying, okay, you actually have to essentially admit guilt. Like, okay, the reason this happened is because of this. And here's how I'm going to fix it. Right. So I sent those and then they would respond back with the same exact form letter saying, thank you for submitting your information, but we need additional information. Please submit these two items. And I was like, oh my God, I just sent that. So I sent another email saying, hey, I just sent this here. Here are the two points again. And then I got another one. So um, eventually I talked to the right people on day two and and um, and got it, uh, got it fixed. But in order to do that, I essentially, even though the, oh, I guess I should back up. I didn't even mention this. The review was bogus. It was essentially almost impossible for what this person said to happen. Okay. And imagine, you know, if here, here's the way I look at it. If you're selling supplements as an example, and somebody got poisoned and they ended up almost dying, you would expect that they would go on and just tear you a new a-hole on the review. They wouldn't just say product poisoned me. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, they would say, you know what? I took this and it would be, it would be paragraphs, you know, I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, they're going to show their anger through the email or through the review. This was four words, man. Yeah. It was just tr four trigger words. So it was, it was a bogus thing. And so I tried to explain that initially to seller support through the performance team. That's who I was dealing with. And they don't care. They essentially want you to explain why this could have happened and how you're going to fix it. So I had to admit guilt, essentially saying, this is how it potentially could have happened. So I had to make something up essentially. And this is how I'm going to fix it. And I told them that, you know, I would fix it by, you know, improving the product by doing this, this, and this, you know, proving this with the packaging and doing this and that, that, right. Having a third party inspection company come out and review everything before it gets sent to the U S um, that kind of thing. 
So uh, finally got it resolved. Finally came back online. BSR, the bestseller rank had, um, had climbed terribly, right? You, I, I was sitting pretty nice uh, before this and it was steady. And so I lost tons of positions. So I had to build that back up. And um, yeah, it, it took about a week, a little bit over a week before everything stabilized and went back to a normal state, I would say. Yeah, uh, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. Let's just say that, right? Yeah, it's not, you know, because I, I mean, you know, we, we build the FBA business because we're trying to build a brand. We're trying to, you know, build something that's going to be very valuable for next year. But at the same time, I mentioned this always on, on the Periscopes and in the podcast, I roll all those profits back into the business. And the business isn't just FBA stuff, right? We've got the podcast stuff. We've got the software business. We've got all these things. So when this kind of stuff happens and you see revenue, right, uh, that is essentially taken away, it just sucks because it affects everything. And that's probably why you were kind of stressed because you've been very involved with the Helium 10 side of things. And I'm like, you know, everything's gonna be fine, but it just sucks because this is, I know I always, I don't know if you do this, but I always go, okay, I just lost, you know, let's say $12,000. I'm like, man, that's like the salary of two dudes for the entire month, you know? Yeah. So that's, I, I kind of equate things that way. But yeah, it was just, it was pretty terrible. Yeah, for sure. It's not as uncommon though, Guy, as I thought though, because as soon as I posted what had happened on our Facebook group, you know, there were a lot of people saying, oh my God, this happened to me. And it took, you know, I'm surprised that you got it f- fixed in two days because it's been 30 days and I'm still dealing with it. And um, I think the trick to this guys, if it happens to you is keep the email very, very short. Don't try to explain away. Remember, this is going overseas more than likely your email and number the things, you know, they say they need two things. So number it. Here's my response. Number one, this is the issue. And this is why it happened. And number two, this is how I'm going to fix it and keep it to, you know, just a few sentences and that's it. And I know it's almost counterproductive, right? Because these products are our babies almost, right? You're like, you're proud of the products, or at least I am. And you want to defend them, especially when people make bogus claims and, but you know, seller support or the performance team, they don't want to hear any of this. They just want the facts, just kind of disengage yourself from it and, uh, and respond or hire a company that deals with, you know, getting accounts and products relisted. I think I posted a couple companies uh, or the contacts of some people on our, our Facebook group, but you know, they're going to, they're going to come in calmly and analytically and respond the way they need to without any emotion attached to it. So sometimes that might be a, a better option. And, and by the way, guys, since I've been mentioning the Facebook group, for those of you that might be first time listeners, the Facebook group, it's called Amazon FBA High Rollers. And uh, you can just type that in Facebook or you can go to our podcast site at ampmpodcast.com and then click the Facebook link there. Yep. So that was uh, one of the crazy things that happened while you were away. We talked about Prime Day being blocked on Amazon, how I stopped all my Amazon pay-per-click uh, or the majority of my pay-per-click. And these are things, guys, that I'm going to talk in more detail in some upcoming podcasts. We just kind of want to give you the like a full scoop of what's what's been happening in the last two weeks and why we haven't been active, at least with podcasts. So, so Guy, what's the, the next thing would be uh, Helium 10, right? Yeah, I mean, we've been really, really busy uh, getting all the tools ready. We actually just got uh, the beta started for our new tool, Magnet, and actually a couple additional tools that we had never spoken about. So a lot happening there. Wanna share some details? Yeah. So by the time you're listening to this, actually, if we post this today, no, it won't be by the time they listen to this, but within a few days, hopefully the tools should be available to everybody that's, that's listening. 
So Helium 10, if you have never been to Helium10.com, that's the website. It's Helium, as in the element, right, that you put in balloons. <laughs> it makes your voice all squeaky. Um, and the number is 10.com. So Helium10.com. Um, that is the software suite. If you haven't heard me ever mention this, that's the software suite that Guy and I have been developing. We've been using the tools ourselves the entire year, okay? The actual start of these tools began back in October before I even started selling on Amazon FBA because I came from the whole mobile marketing side of things. I'm sorry, mobile, uh, mobile game um, marketing and making games. And I thought, you know what? Let's create software for Amazon sellers. And then as I learned and got into stuff, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start selling FBA. So that kind of took over and, and took off because software just takes forever. And what I thought would be something very quick to develop took a lot longer. Now, developing software for myself is easy, right? Because I don't need fancy interfaces. If there's errors, it doesn't matter. I work around them. But when you're developing software for the masses, right? Tons of people that can come in and you got to verify their accounts and all that. It just takes forever, Guy. What you think is going to take a week takes a month. And what takes a month takes five months. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, We've had three tools available for quite a while now. Um, our first two tools were Frankenstein and Scribbles, and they're free tools. And then we came out with the 5K Checker, um, which a lot of people have been using. I, I think we've got over a thousand people that signed up to Helium 10 just to use that tool. And then we've got, uh, oh yeah, and that was it. But in beta and coming hopefully to the production side of things uh, next week, um, we have three new tools. Is it three tools, Key? It is two, right? Yeah. Three. Uh, right now we have uh, Scribbles, Frankenstein, and 5K Checker, which are already available. And then we have Magnet, Misspellinator, and Trendster. All right. So, yeah. So Trendster, as in following trends. Misspellinator, as in the Arnold Schwarzenegger robot that finds misspellings. And then um, Magnet. And we call it Magnet because it pulls keywords as if they were made of metal and you had a big magnet, right? So, but yeah, the Trendster is, is just a tool that it's a free tool. We're make, we're putting it out for free, but it helps me find products that are trending or, or stay away from products that might be, how should I say, seasonal. for example, seasonal, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Seasonal. So if something is only selling really well in the summer, because it's, you know, something outdoorsy, then I might, uh, I'll, I'll be able to see that with Trendster. And then Magnet allows me to essentially go in and uh, find all the best keywords. It's a tool I've been using for a long time. I've always talked about it, but haven't been able to really share too much information on it. But now you guys can use that. And then uh, Misspellinator is just an awesome tool for very quickly finding the best misspellings and, and getting those into your listings. And then I, I throw everything into Scribbles and, and optimize from there. Frankenstein and Scribbles. But um, yeah, Misspellinator is really cool, though, because I say this all the time, Guy. And I think it's so underutilized. I get so many free sales, number one rankings uh, for keyword phrases because I use the top misspellings. You know what I mean? Yeah. And actually, a lot of people leave money on the table because of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And the cool thing about misspellinator, because you don't want to use all the misspellings, right? I mean, if you have one keyword and it's got 20 different misspellings, you don't want to use all of those because you, you want to use misspellings for maybe 10, 15, 20 popular keyword phrases or, or keywords, I should say. So I just look at the top ones, the ones that are most misspelled by people and misspellinator tells you that it says, Hey, this one, you know, when someone misspells this word, 50% of the time they use the spelling uh, of it or 10% of the time they use this one and, and it breaks it all down. So I can just filter and say, you know what? I only want to, I'm going to use the top three of each keyword. It's super awesome. Super cool. And 
we have those are the three that are going to be available in just a few days, but we have a few more tools. I know you've been working on those and, and getting those tested that we'll be announcing. Hopefully, I'm hoping by the end of the month as well. Yeah. Do you want to give a tiny sneak peek or make them wait? Yeah. Let's not talk about those just yet. Let's focus on the three new ones and then we can talk about at least one, if not two of the new ones after it goes to beta and the beta, the, the beta testers are using it. Yeah. I think that's going to be cool. Uh, we're getting a lot of great feedback from the beta testers already. And I'm sure whenever everybody gets access to them, we're going to get a lot of great feedback as well. Um, I love the tools and I'm very biased, of course, but I, I think it's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I am biased as well, of course. But I do honestly think that our tools are the best in their their class when it and we're adding stuff to it constantly. You know, it's like every single week. It's like, oh, we added this or we added that. So yeah, they're really cool. Check them out. If you, uh, if you're listening to this now and you haven't signed up, um, do sign up there. So there's a couple things though. I want to mention when you do sign up to helium 10, there's a verification process. Okay. And some people have asked us about this. It requires Facebook as a security measure. So, uh, basically when you're creating your account in order to authenticate yourself, to ensure that People aren't creating tons of accounts and just doing weird things. It links the account to Facebook. Guy, did you want to talk about that? And also for those that just absolutely refuse to use Facebook, you know what we're going to be doing for them in the future? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people don't like to mix business with their personal life. And just because it, it has the connect through Facebook button is, is a barrier. Uh, so we, we totally understand that. Facebook is exclusively used to verify the account. So once you connect it, we're not going to be sharing or posting status updates or anything like that. But I was actually testing today the SMS verification. So instead of having to verify your account through Facebook, you can verify via your phone number. You enter your phone number, you get an SMS, you enter a code and you're done. So we have, we're going to have that option very, very shortly. I already tested it on our developers uh, side. So you should see it live hopefully by next week. So that's not no longer going to be an issue. Cool. All right. So yeah, guys, so six tools will be available next week and um, for to everybody. And we're rolling out subscriptions too. I know that's been one of the biggest things that people are like, you know, we don't want to just buy credits. It'd be cool if we get some discounts. And so we're going to have that available. Is that available next week as well? It should be. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have the sub- subscriptions ro- rolling out. We're going to have lots of, lots of new stuff coming. We're always busy adding features and we really want you guys to go in, sign up, try the tools. And if there's something you like to see, we have the feedback button at, at the top. I read every single message that comes through through that feedback uh, because I want to make sure that we're providing the tools that our user base needs. So many, many times we have adjusted the way things, the way we're doing things because of the feedback. It's like, hey, uh, we didn't think of that and that's actually a great idea. So yeah, use the tools. And if there's something you'd like to see, send it there. I'll, I'll take a look at it. We'll forward it to the developers and we'll put it into action if it makes sense. Cool. Yeah. And then I know that's some, uh, some group owners and people that are in the Amazon FBA industry that have either members, subscribers, or lists of people that want this kind of information. Um, we're going to have an affiliate partnership program available for them. So we'll, uh, we'll be announcing that separately as well. Yep. Cool. So, well, we've covered... All the major things. Was there anything else we've missed? Uh, no, I think we're going to cover the... Are you are you considering doing a podcast exclusively about the list blocking or not? Yeah, well, 
I, I kind of covered it. I can finalize any things here. I mean, I, I went over a lot of it already. Is there anything that you want me to cover in more detail? Well, the only thing, I mean, I know I'm jumping back about 20 minutes, but the only thing is there was a lesson within the, the whole problem. Oh, yeah. And it was uh, how much of our cash is going into that specific product versus the other 12 SKUs we have. And in a way, we are kind of putting all our eggs in that basket. And also, it opens your eyes that when you're doing FBA, you're playing in Amazon's uh, playground. And if for any reason you upset them, you're out of a business. So always keep keep in mind how you're going to use Amazon as a channel, but still continue your business elsewhere. I think that's, that's a couple of good lessons that, that we learned. Yeah, absolutely. And so just to reemphasize, I mentioned that I'm putting my emphasis all into this one product line and we started talking about it and maybe... I mean, that's that's a good goal, and I, I still want to go towards that, but it probably would have been better, at least for me, and less stressful um, had I had, you know, 25 different products that are all sharing the revenue income equally. That way, if one of them gets pulled, eh, not that big of a deal, right? But on the opposite end, the issue with that potentially is the amount of time that is required for for doing that, because instead of focusing on just, you know, one product, now you're focusing on... 15, 20, 25 different products. So there is a balance there. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I've already started to change my my outlook on how I'm doing things. I'm going to be expanding my SKUs a little bit more aggressively than I was originally planning to. I'm not pushing as hard on the other brand. It's still growing and I'm building it the way I think is good, but I want to expand into um, additional brands and additional products for each brand. So, and then I'm going to talk in another podcast episode. People have questions about, you know, um, how many brands you should have in an account and whether you should have different LLCs for each brand. And that's a whole different topic. We'll, uh, we'll cover that in maybe the next episode or next, next couple episodes, Guy. Okay, cool. And maybe, maybe it is uh, worth doing a whole podcast on the suspension of a particular listing. And uh, for sure, I've already been talking to one particular person to uh, come on and, uh, and talk about this kind of stuff. And uh, also talk about hijackers and, and all kinds of uh, interesting topics uh, from the legal side of stuff, an attorney, attorney's brain perspective on it. Awesome. I don't have anything else. We're over the 30 minute mark. If you don't have anything else, maybe we can wrap this one up. You've been listening to the AM PM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider, insider tools, tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.